Whatever you believe is the truest will be your functioning identity. David Lomas. This is Life in Perspective, Episode 5, Views. Let's get it. perspective episode five and as you can tell from the sound of my voice y'all your girl is back to herself last week I just I just needed a moment and sometimes we have to take the moment that we need we have to acknowledge how we feel we got to deal with it we got to heal and we got to just move forward and your girl did that last week and I just want to thank you guys for continuing this journey with me putting our life in perspective is a journey that we are taking together and I am just grateful to be doing it with you guys um you know just sometimes you gotta take a moment okay but we are not gonna allow those moments to define us they are not who we are which kind of got me thinking about what we were gonna discuss this week I think that how we view things or how we view ourselves is essentially the definition of perspective right it's how we see what we've gone through or how we look at it and I think as believers it is our job to make sure that no matter how we feel or how someone makes us feel or how a certain situation that we have experienced makes us feel that we always have God's view of it if I can describe to me what having God's view is it's almost like taking yourself out of the situation and viewing it as if you aren't the one experiencing it. I think that gives us the best perspective because oftentimes when we view the situation or the experience or the person, when we view them at eye level, we can only see them as far as our experience. It's just like when you bring a whole bunch of people to the table to discuss an idea or a thought or a plan or something you want to accomplish, every person brings their experiences in life or in that professional space, they bring it to the table. And whatever decision they arrive at, they arrive at it along with their experiences. And I think that's why we have to always have God's view. We have to, God's view shifts our perspective. It's like, have you ever been in an airplane? And when I ride on airplanes, I always get the window seat because I like to look out the window. Like, I don't know why, but it helps me fall asleep. It helps me like, it actually gives me a moment to just have with God. Like, I love flying airplanes and looking out the window. But what I noticed is that all the things that look extremely big when I'm on the ground, looking at them through eye level, when I'm on an airplane, they are as small as an ant. And it's like the things that we magnify in life, if we look at them from God's view and God's perspective, (laughs) they really are not that big, right? They don't have as much power as we give them. I wanted us to discuss that today, right? I wanted to discuss the things that we filter the view of ourselves through. And oftentimes, when we experience things that are maybe traumatic or we experience things that hurt us, we tend to view life through that lens. It's like just how a couple episodes back I was explaining that I started to 
unintentionally and subconsciously view God through my disappointment. I think we do the same thing as it relates to things in life. Even if it's like things that we're going after or things that God is calling us to, we sometimes take on the perspective of the person or the thing that hurt us. So it's like when a person hurts me or something that I've experienced has hurt me, that means that that person or that situation didn't value me. And for some reason, oftentimes when we've experienced a hurt, we take on the perspective of the person who hurt us. And we start to view ourselves and see ourselves through that lens. Perfect example. I'm going to use a story in the Bible. Moses, right? So Moses is chilling. You know, he's experiencing his life. Crazy thing is, as a baby, well, to save his life, his mother put him in a river and sailed him upstream, actually. But it was to save his life, right? But as a child growing up, I can only imagine the level of abandonment that maybe Moses felt, right? Maybe he felt like, dang, I wasn't good enough. My mom didn't keep me. Fast forward, Moses encounters God in a burning bush, just really cool and interesting. God tells Moses all these things he wants him to do. Hey, I want you to go set my people free. And Moses is like, nah, bruh, you couldn't possibly be talking to me because I can't do that. You said you want me to tell Pharaoh to let the people go. I probably am not the one to tell Pharaoh that because I stutter. And by the time I finally get the sentence out, <laughs> Pharaoh and his army would have taken me out. So nah, God, uh, actually, I can't. And I identify with this story so much because over the course of my life, I can just imagine all the things that God has told me to do and all these conversations I have with him and tell him all the reasons why I can't do that. And I think the funny, ironic thing about that is how are we going to tell the person who created us that we can't do the thing he's calling us to do because we are not capable. Like we are not competent enough to handle the thing that he's calling us to. And it's like, it's crazy. And, and I was like asking myself, like, how do we get there? And I would venture to say, just like for Moses, I think that the things that he started or the things that he experienced in life caused him to view himself in a way that made him feel unworthy, right? There was something about all the things that he or all the things that he experienced that he took on that became a part of his identity. And we allow the experiences and the things that we encounter throughout life to define us. And so, yeah, we've healed and yeah, we've we've made it through and we are moving forward in life but there is bits and pieces of the things that we encounter that we have attached to our identity and allowed to define us and we've also allowed them to be the very things that we say hey god I can't do this because of this. Like, I can't do this because I'm not good enough. Or you're asking me to speak and I don't speak very well, but we've allowed the things in life that are maybe hangups that we have just about ourselves to tell God why we can't do something. And and I <laughs> and it brings me back to like that whole view thing, right? It's like when I'm looking at it through my eyes and my perspective, it's like it's like this seems so much bigger than me. Like a skyscraper on ground level is huge, right? It's like I have to raise my head really high and look up 
And when I'm in an airplane, it, I can't even, it's it's like, oh, that, that little bitty thing. I'm so above it. And we do that with whether it's a hurt or a pain or whether it's the thing that we don't necessarily like a lot about ourselves. We magnify it in our view. But in his view, he's like, that's nothing to me, right? Actually, it's the very thing that I want to use about you. It's actually the very thing, like the things that we think make us little are really the things that make God big. It's like, it's the thing that, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's, this is so good to me because it's like the thing that we think deems us unusable is the very thing that makes us usable. It's like, he's like, no, I want that. The thing that we feel like makes us not qualified to be in the room is the very thing that God uses to qualify us for what he's calling us to do. And it's like, yo, I'm always like, even when things like make me mad or make me angry or I'm frustrated, my prayer has literally been, God, give me your perspective of this room. Give me your perspective of this situation. Like there was a time where there was something I was called to and I hated it. Like I literally hated it. Like every time I had to go, like I, I would just get this feeling where I couldn't really be creative. I couldn't really be my whole self because I was just, it was literally draining to me to think about having to go there. And instantly... When I started to pray the prayer, God, give me your perspective of this. Like, if this is where you're calling me to, and the only way I'm going to make it is if you give me your perspective of this. Like, let me see this place the way that the way that you see it. Let me see this person that you are calling me to deal with. Let me see them through your eyes. And that way I can handle it. I can make it through. I can accomplish what you're calling me to do in this place. I can accomplish. I can be to this person what you're asking me to be to them through your perspective, but only through your perspective. Cause through my perspective, I can't like, I can't handle it. And I think we have to learn to view things through God's perspective. We have to view everything through God's perspective, including ourselves. Like there's this thing that I've just been saying all the time. It's like a calling is a gift. Like there is nothing we could do to earn it, right? A grace that God has put on our lives, there's nothing we could do to earn it, which means if there's nothing I can do to earn it, there's nothing I can do to mess it up, right? I didn't I didn't deserve it in the first place, so there isn't anything I can do to make God be like, oh, actually, on second thought, you can't have this calling. While there are consequences to things that we do, God doesn't take away gifts. Like, gifts literally come without repentance, which means if this is the thing that I was born and created to do, whether I submit to God or I don't submit to God, this grace will still run, right? This gift will still work. Now, <laughs> the benefits switch up a little bit differently based on how, you know, the services are rendering, but at the basis of it, you cannot disqualify yourself from something you never qualify for in the first place. And so it's like, man, like this concept has literally been blowing my mind since I've been really processing it because I was like talking to my friend the other day and I'm like, yo, if God called you, if God like randomly and you're spending time with him, he's like, yo, 
I'm calling you to sing to the nations. And maybe at this moment where God says this thing to you, you are currently (laughs) singing in your shower, right? It's like, what is the thing that comes up that instantly blocks what God has said about me? I think the very first thing is how I view myself. What in the way I see myself is telling me that the thing that God is saying about me isn't true. Man, that, I'm sorry, but that was just a word for myself because how I see myself oftentimes determines my level of obedience to God because instantly in the moment when God tells us to do something, We respond with a why we can't do it. We respond with a, but God, do you know that I'm da 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 Perfect, like back to our Moses example. God says, I want you to deliver the people of Israel and I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Instantly, the very thing that God is asking him to do challenges his weakness. It's, it's almost like, oh my God, the thing The thing that we think about ourselves that makes us weak and makes us less usable is the very thing that God wants to use. Like God challenges us with our weakness. The thing that we want to hide, the thing that we don't want anybody to see about us, the broken places is the thing that God wants to use to deliver people. Oh gosh, guys. This is just so, I don't know if this is get, it's hitting home for y'all, but it's, this is so good to my spirit because there's so much freedom in that thought. There's so much freedom in my weakness. The thing that I think the less of about myself is the thing that God deems usable, which means it's precious to him. Like, because in our weakness... He's made strong. So the very thing that we think belittles us, which it, it's like, because it, it's when we feel like it's our weakness, right? We are in our most surrendered state because if if you're asking me to speak and I stutter, <laughs> the only way these words are getting out is in the strength of God. And it's like, Yes, embrace the weakness so that you can understand that first, number one, there's no way I would be able to accomplish this without the strength of God and understanding that in your weakness, you're made strong because in your weakness, you are completely relying on him. Like when I know that there that there's something that God is asking me to do it's always out of my comfort zone, right? It's always stretching me in a place where I know I cannot accomplish it without him being with me. and understanding that I must remain in that place unless I think it's about me. Because here's the next thing is that when God gives us something to do and we think that it's in our wheelhouse, not understanding that there are, are about to be numerous moments of weaknesses, we start to think that we can accomplish a thing that God told us to do without him. Even if we start off understanding that like, yo, I really can't do this without without God. You let yourself catch a rhythm. You you like, oh, I'm good. And it's, it's never intentional, right? We never intentionally exclude God from our lives or from our assignments or from our 
moments or we don't intentionally exclude him but we start to get in a rhythm and we start to think that yo i got this like oh i did that oh they like that post oh they subscribing to the podcast it's like oh, okay god you told me to do this i didn't even really want to do this but now i'm like okay cool i think i got this and then we get to a point where we think we can handle it on our own and we get to a point where we think we can handle it on our own and we stop including him in it we stop submitting it to him we stopped even checking in like it went from a podcast that was full of everything that God wanted to say to a podcast of all my thoughts and all the stuff that I wanted to accomplish and all the stuff I thought we should talk about this week and uh, and we could slap a couple scriptures on it because we good about that we good about setting a plan in motion and then asking God to bless it and he like I never had nothing to do with this in the first place I'm not touching this <laughs> like you, you got yourself into this get yourself out you know even though he not like that he, he always comes to save us he's a very present help in the time of trouble but I think even last week, if I'm completely honest, um, while I was processing why I was feeling the way that I was feeling, a lot of it had to do with simply me attempting to attempt his purpose and plan without him. Like, again, like not intentionally, you know, I wasn't purposely going into things and not consulting him. I think it was just a matter of feeling like there was a rhythm and then feeling like he was with me and not allowing him to, in in this instance, it was not allowing him to handle the weight of it, right? It was a level of me bearing it all on my own. Like not even being honest with how I felt was a sense of me doing it in my own strength. And I remember like, Right before the pandemic started, I went into like this season of consecration and it consisted of fasting. And then the last it was 30 days and then the last seven days, I for the very first time in my life water fasted and whew, what an experience that was. But there was like this revelation I got. We we're 20 days in when I shifted to the water fast and I wasn't hungry, but I just was completely weak. Like literally my, it was so bad that my breathing was off. Like (laughs) I never experienced anything like that in my life. And then God revealed to me, the reason I was experiencing the lack of strength was to show me that just how I could not manage Physically, I couldn't manage that fast within my own strength. I literally, completely, wholeheartedly, fully had to rely on his strength to make it day by day. And just how I had to do that on the fast, he literally was saying that the way that in my own strength, I couldn't um, accomplish this fast without him. Like I had to literally rely on him moment by moment, minute by minute, almost second by second to accomplish the fast, to make it through. He literally said the same way that I would have to rely on him with that same strength for what he was calling me to. 
And he brought that back to my remembrance last week when I literally felt like I wasn't going to make it right. Like I couldn't endure it. And I don't mean like a life, like it wasn't like super deep, but I felt like I couldn't endure the call. Right. I couldn't endure the assignment. Like I felt like I wanted to give up. And to be honest with you, that fact, there were moments where I was like, all right, bro, I just I just going to eat a grape. <laughs> like I just need a grape to make it through and it's like a grape is not gonna satisfy me but it will satisfy my flesh and under man like right now it's making sense to me like the podcast was actually birthed out of that consecration but understanding how all of those moments during that time of consecration mirror like how I feel now and understanding that it's all about submitting my flesh right it's all about killing my will it's all about dying to my flesh and allowing my spirit man to rule allowing my spirit man to control it and this is so like oh so good because it's like yo we have to have God's view of things and once we have God's perspective it makes it easier to submit right it makes it easier to do the God thing with God right so if I see it the way that God sees it and I do it, I partner with him in it and don't think that I can handle it on my own. And because when we start to handle things on our own, we start to see him how we see him, right? We lose God's view, we lose God's perspective. If I submit, though, even the way that I see things with his, like his view, like y'all, because let me tell you, it's it's been a journey, right? Because Petty is always knocking at my back door and literally, with this journey and this growing process, like literally if I receive a message or I view something or I see a comment or I get a text or I have a moment where I wanna respond out of my flesh, there is this level of submission that I have that before I type a thing, respond to a thing, answer a phone call, I'm like, okay, God, give me your perspective of this, give me your perspective of this person, and may my response always be a reflection of you. Like, I want my responses to always shock people, right? Because it's so of God that it's not the normal way that a person would respond to a thing, that it makes them want to know, like, yo, how are you not doing this? Like, how are you not saying this? Like, how are you not, even when I have every natural right to, I understand that I have no spiritual right to respond out of my flesh, that everything that comes out of my mouth, everything that don't come out of my mouth, every every response needs to be a reflection of him. And when it comes to how I view myself, like, yo, that that like I literally was studying Romans today and I want y'all to read it Romans 9 20 it says but who do you think you are to second guess God how could a human being molded out of clay say to the one who molded him why in the world did you make me this way and (laughs) when I read that this morning I was like oh God I'm sorry Right. I'm sorry for ever questioning, not just the way you made me, but the thing that you're calling me to do. How could I ever tell the person who made me and placed inside of me everything that he did that I can't do the thing he created me to do? Oh, y'all, this is I'm sorry because I am learning to not plan out what I'm going to say and just flow with it. And so I 
my sincerest apologies if this is all over the place and uneasy to follow but these are all revelations that i'm literally getting in the moment like it's a download that i'm downloading in the moment but if i if i if i had if i had things for you to take away right first it would be romans 9 20 read that <laughs> meditate on it actually read the whole chapter is so good um because it just talks about how god has a freedom of choice and he chooses who to give mercy like it's really really good um but that verse just hit me in the context of me second guessing or me not going with the thing that god is calling me to do and giving him all the reasons on why i can't do it and so if i wanted you to if i if i had to to pull two takeaways it would be to always just ask for God to give you his perspective because while I understand it seems to be a large thing to do like that's my daily prayer when I wake up I'm like God give me your perspective of this day and then when I walk into any situation or walk into a room and even if I feel like the room is a room that I, I don't really feel comfortable being my whole self or I don't want to show up completely in the room because it's new or it's a little intimidating. I'm like, God, give me your perspective of this room, because if you're calling me to this room, there's something I got to do here. But I need your perspective in order to accomplish that. And so that would be that. That's the thing. Like, God, give me your perspective of whatever it is. Give me your perspective of my life. Even the things that I've experienced throughout my life that have hurt me and I don't fully understand. God, give me your perspective of them and show me how you want to use the thing that hurt me to help other people. Show me how, you know, the thing that I think is the worst about myself. Show me how you want to use it to bring glory to your name. Like, God, give me your perspective. And the second thing is stop trying to do the thing that God called you to without the God who called you to it. Bottom line, period. Those are the takeaways. I'm going to take them away from myself too, right? And may my response to life always be a reflection of who you are. I just, whew, this, this episode five, like y'all, I didn't realize that the podcast that I thought I was doing for other people was going to wreck my life every week. <laughs> like it's literally wrecking my life, but it's also I think it's like leveling me up, right? And it's exposing deeper depths of God to me. Like God is so amazing that he cares about us so much that he would use the thing that he called to heal others to heal me in the process. And I'm just grateful for it. Like I'm grateful for the journey. I'm honored that you guys are on this journey with me, that we are putting our life into perspective week by week. And it's a journey that we are taking together. I genuinely love y'all. I'm genuinely enjoying this. And... We are more than halfway through the season and I just am so excited for what God has been doing for us week to week and I am just hope that you continue on this journey with me. If this is your first episode, I encourage you go back from <laughs> episode one and meet us all the way up into episode six next week because this is truly a journey and I don't want you to miss one thing that God has for you. So I cannot wait to be back with you guys next week and that's all I got. This is Life in Perspective. I love y'all.